1: Hello SpyCast family. As we all know, there are more podcasts out there than we can possibly count with more and more popping up every day. Of course, we thank you for spending your time with us when you have so many other choices. This is why every so often we partner with another podcast that we think SpyCast fans will enjoy. Today I'm going to tell you about one of these, Truth versus Hollywood. We've all seen it before the movie starts. The following is based on a true story. Are you ever curious if the movie is based on true stories or is real? As the story makes it then this is the podcast for you from audio boom comes a brand new tv and film podcast truth versus hollywood hosted by film lovers david chen and joanna robinson david and joanna will do a deep dive into well-known films and discuss how similar they are to the actual story the podcast will also feature interviews with experts witnesses and people who were involved at the time join david and joanna every week as they dive into classic movies like the social network, Munich, American Gangster, and more. This audio boom original podcast premieres on Friday, June 12th, with new episodes every Friday, and it's available on your favorite podcast app right now. But just for spycast listeners, we get to share with you an exclusive first listen of Truth versus Hollywood. In this clip, you hear David and Joanna break down scenes from Goodfellas. They discuss the excellent cast and the real life figures the movie was based on. The episode also includes interview clips from Daniel Simone the author of The Lufthansa Heist, a book about the real-life robbery featured in Goodfellas. While you're listening, be sure to search for and subscribe to Truth Vs. Hollywood in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Enjoy.
0: Welcome to Truth Vs. Hollywood. I'm David Chen. And I'm
2: Joanna Robinson.
0: Truth vs. Hollywood is a look at films that are based on a true story. But we don't just talk about the film, we also talk about that true story. On this podcast, we'll touch on what really happened, how that differs from the film, and why. And we're not just talking heads, we'll hear about the true story through interviews from experts, witnesses, and people who were involved in it. It's both the real facts and the real facts. R-E-E-L facts. What do you think of that, Joanna?
2: I loved it. Today we're, t- today we're talking about Martin Scorsese's classic film, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is based on the book Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi, which in turn is based on the life of mobster Henry Hill. Hill was actually alive when the film came out and was very pleased with this great film based on him. And as we'll talk about later, it definitely had an effect on his life. Pileggi worked with Scorsese to write the screenplay, and the film was a complete hit. Nominated for six Academy Awards and won one, Joe Pesci, for Supporting Actor. It's considered one of the best gangster movies of all times. AFI put it on their list of 100 Years 100 Movies, and the Library of Congress decided that it was culturally important and added it to its preservation archives.
0: All right, well, let's get to the movie itself. It stars Ray Liotta as Henry Hill, Robert De Niro as Jimmy the Gent Conway, who is based on Jimmy the Gent Burke, Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito, based on Tommy DeSimone, Paul Sorvino as Paul Cicero, based on Paul Vario, and Lorraine Bracco as Henry's wife, Karen Hill. Many real-life figures that this movie was based off of, and uh, apparently... Henry Hill ended up getting paid $580,000 because uh, of the use of his story in this movie, which is a lot of money to pay to a mobster who's done very horrible things. You know, in watching this movie again, Jim Robinson, one of the things that uh, I kind of realized, you know, or reflected on is the fact that we've, in the last few decades, seen so many movies about bad men doing bad things and that this movie is kind of one of the prototypical examples of how they can be glorified and elevated. And this this kind of movie makes that lifestyle look really glamorous, uh, while at the same time depicting some of the negative consequences of that lifestyle. But at the same time, it does rub me the wrong way that like the people who are involved often are rewarded. We also saw this with Martin Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a similar dynamic there. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, like, as you're reflecting on your overall experience of watching the movie, and now that we know a little bit more about what happened uh, with the real-life characters, and we're going to talk about it during the course of this podcast, like uh, how did it strike you that this is based off of a real person?
2: I think Scorsese couldn't have picked a better realistic subject to to glom onto here than Henry Hill because, though he is a gangster and he's fully involved in this gangster life, he is uh, the likability of this character, which is really what Scorsese was going for. Um, I've see, seen interviews where he talked about the nineteen thirty two Scarface, which was the first time he ever saw gangsters depicted as really likable, and you have Henry Hill. And he does terrible things, but he's a gangster who is a little squeamish. We see this throughout the film, and it's corroborated by, you know, true story of his life. He was violent. He did crimes, but he wasn't uh, a mass murderer. And, um, you know, the the charisma of him, I think, uh, is really important. Yeah,
0: he he wasn't one of the most vicious people in this story. Uh, Yeah. And so I I think you're making a good point that, like, if you're going to choose an entryway into this world, Henry Hill is probably the ideal candidate in this case, so... Uh, Well, the film opens with three men driving in a car having a seemingly normal evening. It's then revealed that there is a captive in the trunk, and uh, then they shortly after execute him. We immediately get Henry's voiceover with the iconic line, As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. It's one of the most memorable openings in all of cinema history. Joanna Robinson, after nearly three decades, how effective did you find this opening?
2: Well, it's funny, you know, I did not see, I was eight years old <laughs> when uh, Goodfellas came out, or maybe nine, uh, so I did not see it in theaters, and I didn't see it until later in life, And uh, but by then it had already seeped into the culture, because it was so iconic, you know, there's like the Animaniacs, Good Feathers, Pigeon parody, and like all sorts of stuff, so I was aware <laughs> of the beats of it, even though Your, I had Your first seen exposure
0: it. to Goodfellas was Animaniacs, is what you're saying, right? A, a
2: thousand percent, absolutely. Um <laughs> But, you know, so by the time I had seen it, I had also seen so many things that had imitated it. And this is true of like so many of our great films. Like by the time you get around to watching it, maybe you've seen a bunch of people knock it off. And so you're like, well, how groundbreaking is this really? And um, this movie is incredibly groundbreaking. And what's funny is this um, this opening is so famous to the point of almost parody, like you get this moment where he goes as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to be a gangster and it reminds me of that like record scratch. Yeah, it's me. (laughs) I bet you're wondering how I got here, you know, sort of thing that we talk about. Um, You know, and we've seen it, you know, in a more serious fashion, we've seen this sort of thing replicated. I'm thinking of like the the Premiere of Breaking Bad, you meet this person in the middle of a crime, and then you find out how they got there. You know, so how, knowing that it's not as fresh and innovative as it might have been if I had seen it in the theaters in 1990, but it's still you can sense the the iconic status of it. What do you think of it, Dave? It's it's
0: kind of hard to put yourself into the position of the first time you saw the movie because, I like, I, I saw this movie you know decades ago, and I I do think back then. It wasn't clear to me like what was actually going on in the car right from the opening shot. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it starts like so seemingly normal. These dudes just hanging out. And then, all of a sudden, you, you realize, like, something horrifying is happening. And I like that contrast. Like, now, like, because the scene is so iconic uh, and everyone knows what happens, it's tough to remember that, like, there was a time in history when, like, many people didn't know that that was about to happen. But uh, I can kind of imagine if I could rewind my life, you know, several decades and rewatch this again, like, that would be super effective and quite a shock when they open up the trunk on uh, Billy Bats. So... Uh, anyway, love the opening. It, it still is great. And I, I, yeah, the freeze frame, you're right. Many things have parodied it. Many things have uh, been derived from it. But it is still uh, a legendary moment in uh, in this movie and in all of the cinema. And I, I, I quite loved it. So after this scene, we cut to Henry Hill's life as a child. It's a very modest upbringing. And one of the things I like about this movie is, you know, we often see mob movies and the mob characters are already fully formed, right? But Goodfellas uh, invites you into the world of a child who is viewing the mob from the outside and why they might find the mafia to be so intoxicating. What did you think of these early scenes with Henry Hill in childhood?
2: I love this opening, you know, we cut to the eyeball, right, directly on his eyeball, and then we see what he's seeing out the window, and um, I didn't take many film studies classes, but I did take one where we, we learned about Martin Scorsese's upbringing, and I know that he had really serious asthma and that meant that he was like, he couldn't go out and play. It's why he went to go see movies a lot. He couldn't like go play in the streets with friends. And he was also stuck at home a lot. And he's, he's written and talked a lot about how he was sort of like a shut in as a kid and used to watch the cinema of the streets like from his window and so he's put himself like his own childhood basically in this henry hill opening and i think that's that's fascinating and telling that he like he wants us there with henry um but then he like because he's also put himself there you know what i mean and i just think that's yeah it's a really interesting choice we should
0: also say that uh, the actor who plays young Henry Hill, Christopher Cerone, uh bears an uncanny resemblance to Ray Liotta. I thought they did a, did a great job casting young Henry Hill. Um,
2: so You know how like sometimes you don't understand what's unique about someone's face until you've seen uh, them try to cast a younger version of them? Yes, <laughs> and you're like, oh, yes. there's something with the eyes. It's it's really amazing, the kid they found there. Yeah, it's a great indeed, job.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, Daniel Simone, who wrote the book Lufthansa Heist, which is about Henry Hill's most lucrative robbery, gives us some more insight into Henry's background and upbringing.
3: His father was a, an electrician who works for wages. Uh, the family was rather large. The, uh, uh, their apartment was cramped. Uh, it was not the type of situation where every sibling had uh, his or her own uh, room, for example. They shared beds. They shared uh, everything. He happened to have been reared in a neighborhood infested with uh, mafia gangsters. In fact, right across the street from his home was a taxi cab stand owned and operated by Paul Vario and his brothers. So Henry literally
0: walks into the taxi stand and he starts working for Vario or in the film Cicero, who's played by Paul Servino. Early on, we meet Robert De Niro's character, Jimmy Conway. He's made out to be an extremely appealing and charismatic figure in the film. I mean, it is a young Robert De Niro after all. He looks awesome. He looks like magnetic, luminous. Uh, And young Henry really takes a shine to him and aspires to be that exact type of gangster, living the high life, having connections. Uh, And Daniel Simone says the real life Jimmy was the same way.
3: Uh, He was prosperous. He he was respected by the uh, family bosses, particularly Paul Vario. In fact, many of the uh, mafia families at times would compete for his association because he was such a uh, uh, reliable uh, earner uh, of you know, true schemes and manipulations. And, and Henry Hill loved all those characteristics about Jimmy Burke. He loved the fact that Jimmy Burke would be respected wherever he went, into a restaurant, into a nightclub. Chairs would pull out immediately. Jimmy Burke did not need reservations to uh, book a, the best table in a uh, restaurant. And these were all the uh, fascinating, intoxicating uh, traits that Jimmy Burke uh, wielded and, and were all attractive to Henry Hill.
2: Something I really love about what this film does is it um, it takes the American dream, the you know the idea we have of wealth and success, and puts it in this world of the mafia. And um, I, I just like what that says about the American dream to begin with. It really exposes sort of some of the the violence and the brutality that we sometimes like to gloss over when we think of the sort of the most picturesque version of the American dream.
1: cyberwire.com slash survey to share your feedback now.